like, I ate weird things stories. Not saying I didn't eat weird things. I just uh, probably don't remember them. I have another one. Um, so you know how I have sometimes have a problem saying words, like making the words come out right? Yeah. I was at my mom's house one day, and I she had a bottle of, like, liquid plant fertilizer in her window. And I was reading the ingredients, and I was like, Mom, what is potash? And she was like, what is what? And I said, potash. She said, well, could you spell it for me? And so I did. And she was like, um, do you mean potash? Potash. <laughs> potash. <laughs> no, I mean potash. <laughs> so, um, That's great. <laughs> yeah, I didn't eat any weird things, but I can't. You have stories. I can't stories. figure out syllables to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good thing considering we've got a podcast. <laughs> you know, words. <laughs> minorly important. Yeah, it's no big deal. It's, it's not, fine. No big deal, man. <laughs> well, hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome back. So that lovely little anecdote story, whatever you want to call it, was from me, Paige. This is pretty much what you get when you uh, listen to us. I can't talk and Holly eats weird things. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that should be our new bio. (laughs) (laughs) So we are back at it with um, Kill the Farm Boy. Really excited to do the second half. The first half was just so action-packed and so funny. We just talked for way too long about it. Um, But we're back. We're ready to finish up this story. It's just so good, though. It's like, you, you have, you can't not talk so much about it. I mean, I'm, we could have talked longer, so just keep that in mind. I know the last one was a little bit long. Trust me, I'm the one who worth does it. the editing. I'm the one who does the editing. I've listened to it many times. It's worth it. <laughs> but we'll try to keep this one a little bit shorter. Anything you want to talk about before we actually get into the book, besides embarrassing stories from my childhood? Anything fun going on with you? Anything fun new year's just happened did you do anything for new year's no (laughs) i didn't either i went to a friend's house and watched captain america nice i was supposed to go out to a party right but man i had just i had just come back from a a trip home and i had worked that day and i was just so tired so i ended up just chilling just staying home nice great way to start the year just chill hey that's Mm -hmm. good precedent for a good year I started watching you. Um, Me? <laughs> yes, I've been watching you. <laughs> Which is sounds exactly as creepy as the show is. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Um, I haven't seen it. I know. You're not much of a show person. No. Scary. Obviously. I mean, I do too, but wow. I have to watch something while I edit because otherwise I obsess over the sound of my own voice and how many times I say, and so, <laughs> or, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lot. <laughs> I'm a perfectionist. I do. It's annoying. And I catch myself editing what I say in, like, real time. Mm-hmm. So I'll say something at work and be like, no, cut that out. It's not what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's like after hearing my own, you know, our own podcast and then going back and listening to how I actually talk. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I noticed all these patterns that I never noticed before. <laughs> Like, I'll start a sentence out real loud, and then I'll slowly get quieter at the end. It's funny that you do that, because when I talk, I tend to end all of my sentences as if they're questions, which makes me sound... I now understand why people say that I sound like I'm not real confident, Uh because I'm always like, that was really good, right? Right? (laughs) Wasn't it? (laughs) 
So, well, that was fun, starting off the new year. Nice and chill. Nice and chill. I yeah. started off the new year by buying a new car. So. That's a better way to start the new year. <laughs> a more expensive way, to be sure. Yeah. But yeah. I needed it. I'm really excited about my new car. It's, um, her name is Sophie. She's a little blue Toyota Corolla. I am in love. And she, she tells her hello and goodbye. Yes, I get emotional validation from my vehicle. <laughs> Finally, somebody gets me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, let's get to this because I'm sure we're going to be talking for a really long time. And I don't know that people actually care that much about our lives. <laughs> okay, probably not. They're probably more interested in the story than they are in us. Um, please don't skip us talking. This is how we get over feeling really awkward. I break the ice. Yes. And you got to get to know us. Like, we know us, sort of. I hope. A little bit. And I want to get to know you, and I want you to get to know us, and let this feel like a whole community. So, so we are drinking pretty much the same thing we did last time, but we changed up a little bit. We have strawberry lemonade with the Calypso coconut rum downstairs. Calypso coconut rum. Coconut rum. Coconut rum. (laughs) (laughs) The fancy stuff. Not the glugs, the sips. (laughs) But this time we got real fancy and went and got Sonic slushes and added the Calypso rum to that. And it's so good. Mm. I highly recommend. It kind of tastes like... I got the cherry slush with the coconut rum and it... Kind of tastes like cotton candy, and I cannot wrap my mind around that. But I am pretty happy about it. And then I got the uh, lemonade slush with blackberry, and then added the coconut rum, and it kind of just tastes like summertime. Oh, like I feel like I should be on a beach doing things, <laughs> doing things I don't do in the summer because I am a pale little redhead and don't do the sun. Um. So yes, we are drinking the Calypso rum again. I promise it's about to hit me any second now. I feel it behind my eyeballs. I'm going to need some more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Holly's been sipping on hers a little bit faster than I have. (laughs) Um, But we left off the last time. Um, Our our merry band have made it through the catacombs of yore. They went through the acid leeches and they went through the tongues and they're injured. They made it to Belladonna's hut where she healed them. Bigelow was told to give Toby coffee and instead gave him poison and Toby died and everybody was sad. And that's where we left you. Yep. Unfortunately, Toby is still dead. He didn't revive himself. Nope. Um, Nobody could revive him. No. So he's like dead, dead. Dead, dead. Dead, dead. Dead, dead, dead. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. She can't spell and I can't enunciate. <laughs> or pronunciate. A great team. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't talk for a living or anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> So they're on their way to Songlin. Yeah, so Songlin is the town where um, they're going to find, what's that dude's name? Locher. The dude they're trying to kill. He's not in Songlin though, is he? Yes, that's where they're going. Okay, sure. Yes. So Songlin is where Locher is. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so they're on their way to Songlin. Um, specifically. So the first thing they do when they get there is they have to meet this halfling that Grenda knows because... Brenda is trying to get in touch with her friend who is going to give them important information on how they can reach Lotcher. So first she has to find her friend. This is just a long, complicated network that she's it going is. through. It is. I feel like we're in a video game where you have, like, the main quest and then yeah. all of the side quests. Yeah, and, like, all the objectives. Like, meet yeah. this person to meet this person to meet this person. So but we're getting there. We have... Eventually. 
Sort of. So they start by the first person they have to meet is this little halfling who knows where Grinda's friend is. And he's like this very unappealing little guy. Apparently. Yeah. Sleazy is how I... Yeah, sleazy is a good word. So he gets on their nerves and um, Argabella sneezes. No, she throws up on him. Because he says... Yeah. He says flush honey. Yeah, and she throws up on him. And so he gets mad and was like, oh, you're going to pay. And he threatens her. <laughs> and Fia don't like that. No, so before he can even blink, Fia chops his head off, and there he is, dead. Dead, dead. Dead, dead. And Grendo was like, well, that was a mistake, because apparently he's, like, in on this, what, halfling mafia or whatever? Kind of. He had, like, this medallion hanging from his necklace. Which I I feel like this is going to tie into the next book. I feel like this is going to be expanded on later. Oh, yeah. Because they make such a point to, like, mention that he's in this halfling mafia. Like, this is a thing. And they just pissed them off. So I think that comes in later. I mean, it would have to. There's, there's The only real punishment that they get now is they have to run out of town. Yeah. But So there has to be more of oh, a, yeah. a fallout from that. Oh, yeah. I think it's a setup for another book. Okay, so so they're all, they killed the guy, but they figured out where um, to find um, Grinda's friend, whose name is... Mathilda. Mathilda. Mathilda, okay. yeah. So Grinda's friend Mathilda, um, who is another witch, and who is also currently a marmoset. I love how they use animals in this book. So a lot, a, a lot. lot of animals, a lot of talking animals. I mean, I guess what else are you going to turn a person into besides an animal? I don't know, a tree. That'd suck. <laughs> I mean, it that'd is... be more of a punishment than a marmoset. True, because you wouldn't be able to do anything. Right. At least with there. a marmoset, you, you know, you have the advantage of. You know, a tail. (laughs) (laughs) You have an extra limb. That's great. Well, I guess technically with trees, you got more than three. (laughs) You got a lot of limbs. You have all the limbs. (laughs) All the limbs, but none of the grip. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was real stupid. (laughs) Holly's sucking down more of her drink. I'm going to need more. Yes, so you have the extra limb when you're a marmoset. But she points out that marmosets eat, like, bugs and worms. That's true, but if you're a marmoset, then that's what you want to eat. Yes, but she still has her people brain in her marmoset body. True. And so she misses the taste of, like, real food. That would suck. Yeah, that does suck. So I guess it would depend on the extent of how marmoset are you. (laughs) You know? I feel like... like do you get the mar- you don't get the marmoset brain, right? I think you get part of the marmoset brain and personality. But you and things, still but have the cravings of a human? I mean, you still have she still has all of her human memories. Kind yeah. of like Argabella. So we're going to get into this more in a little while. This is an interesting theory. It is. Tangent, sorry. Not to be punny, but let's go down this rabbit trail. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a good one. I like that one. <laughs> So, Argabella is a bunny woman. Yeah. And we see occasionally she has bunny tendencies, but she still has all of her human memories and emotions and... Personality. Yeah. So, I'm assuming that... So, you'd have the memory of the taste of your favorite food. But not the ability or to the memory stomach of, it. Yeah, or the memory of the pleasure, you know, you get from eating that food, but then... But with the, you know, 
digestive system of a marmoset, so you yeah. can't actually eat that food. Right. Which is funny, because they must have the ability to turn people into different levels of animals. Because Argabella is kind of like a mixture of the two, mm-hmm. whereas Mathilda seems to be more marmoset, yeah. but with a human mind. Yeah, that's true. Right. And then Gustav is like all goat but talking. Yeah, so now. there's different levels and different degrees of the combinations. Yeah. Interesting. And I don't know if the writers meant to do that or if we're just drunk and going down. <laughs> A rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. One that was not meant to be dug. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure, but that's a really good point. It is. It's interesting. I need more lore. Right? Yeah. I need more background on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It's the detail. And maybe there isn't. Maybe there's just, maybe bunnies are more, <laughs> maybe bunnies are more human-like, and so it's easier to be half bunny and half animal. I mean, half okay, bunny a marmoset, a marmoset is more human-like than a rabbit. I meant half bunny, half human. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever words. Um, I think we're talking about this. T- yeah, so, sorry. So Back to the. Back to the story. We're having trouble keeping on track tonight. We are. That's um, been the whole day. Oh, Lord, me too. <laughs> so, so they find Mathilda, and um, so, she, so she's a marmoset, as we so in-depthly. <laughs> as you all said. are sick of hearing about. All right, so, and Grenda's like, well, I need your help to, you know. Find logic. Yeah. And she's like, why, well, I can't help you. I don't have my wand. I mean, and she could help. She just doesn't because she's being a, a marmoset. Well, and she wants to not be one. Right. So another thing that we can throw in right now is that we find out that um, Thea has an enchanted sword that was given to her by... Um, Necromancer Steve. Yeah, her ex-boyfriend, Necromancer Steve. And so this particular sword, it actually craves blood and to the point where it can control almost control the person that's using it kind of like if you think of like you know the ring from lord of the rings a little bit yes it's got that same kind of dynamic to it where like whoever is like wielding it it kind of like wills that person to do what they want to a certain extent it also kind of reminds me of a horcrux yeah like a horcrux too yeah because when they're wearing the horcrux that makes them act different. Right, right. It kind of influences what they're doing. Yeah. To for their own well. So this particular sword wants to kill people. So, um, but of course, you know, Fia is this person who her whole thing is she wants a peaceful life. You know, she doesn't want to go out and kill people. She doesn't want to be a warrior, but she is. So. Well, I think. Did you see that as part of why she didn't? Why she tried so hard for a peaceful life? Because she up. had this sword. Yeah. That was so literally bloodthirsty. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And so we don't... She's not used her sword. She's had it on her, but she has not used her sword at all until she kills the halfling. Yeah. And so as soon as she does that, the sword kind of wakes up and yeah, is like... it kind of... It was dormant because she hadn't been using it. And right. And when she cuts down the halfling, all of a sudden it's like, ooh, blood. And now it's like intruding her thoughts and it's like making her itch to kill for more like she wants more 
one of the things this I actually found this as we were talking about this. Um, Fia is terrified that Argabella is get, going to become scared of her because of how this sword right makes her behave. Right. At one point, Argabella looks at Fia and says, um, "You are safety and warmth and comfort in front of a fire until you need to be the fire itself." I understand that. I trust that. That is actually another one of my favorite quotes. I know. That's how I found it because it's highlighted. Oh, well, that's smart. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That just really explains the whole support and and trusting nature of their relationship. And it's so pure and so, you know, how relationships should be, you know? Right. It's, It's perfect. Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, not to be... Not to get off topic too much, but I think that's why... Not to be too romantic. Yeah, but I think that's why, like, a lot of relationships don't work out. Because there's not that support and trust that's really needed, you know? Right. Like, they have. You know, not... That's the kind of relationship that I would strive to have. Right. Although I feel more like Lord Toby locked up in my tower. and oh. I'm safe here. But you're almost crackers. So yeah. I'll go out and go to work so I can... Oh, we have that perk. I can make we can bread. go get real <laughs> Can make the bread. <laughs> I'm so stupid. <sighs> Sorry, guys. This episode's going to be a little <clears throat> slap happy, apparently. <laughs> I'm not there yet, man. I need another, need another round. I need to get to where you are. Somebody has a much higher tolerance than I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah apparently. Um, but it's it does. It shows such a pure relationship. That's very sweet. So we're back on topic. Good gracious. We're back to the troll. Okay, so Mathilda wants them to help her get her wand back. Um, So she says that her wand is currently in the possession of a troll. But not just your typical average lives under a bridge, comes out in dungeons, trolly troll. Yeah, this troll in particular is um, supposedly... A asshole. Yes, that is the... Perfect way to describe him. He's a pretentious asshole. He thinks he's smarter than everyone else. He reads books. Grand- so do we. Uh, We're not smart. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> Potash. 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 Mistakes a, a, an insect <laughs> for a... Raisin. For a reason. I can't even think right now. At least you had the excuse of you were a child. I was a child. I was like 23! <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Maybe 22. Maybe. We'll give you that. We'll give you that. Okay, so... So they're gonna go, um... Get the wand from this troll. Yes. And, um... So everyone's like, no, no way, this isn't going to work. But then Pulcher's like, um, yes, it will. She's like, hold my drink. I got this. Um, well, she doesn't do the hold my drink right at first. Uh-huh. So I remembered something, mostly because I read it when I was looking for something. <laughs> but the way that the whole potions thing comes about is they remember that Pulcher has these potions. Yeah. And the ones that Toby gave her that are not to be taken rectally. Not to be taken rectally. Under any circumstances. No. But there are three of them. Three potions. One for invisibility, one for healing, and one for... 
Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> yes, right. One for sleep. Well, what happens is Poltra being Poltra goes to take them out of her cloak and she drops one. She decides to lick it up off the ground to figure out which one it was. She gets smart. And so they realize, like, they, she gets this idea that she's going to give a drop of the other two to one to Gustav and one to Mathilda. And if whichever one starts to disappear, that's the invisibility one. And whichever one falls asleep, that's the sleepy one. Mm-hmm. Well, they're like, well, how do we know that those are the two that are left? But then Glenda realizes, Glenda, her name's Grenda. Grenda. <laughs> Grenda realizes that Poultra is getting smarter. Because her brain is being healed by the potion. Uh-huh. She realized she was dropped on her head as a child. Her brain was injured. Yeah. So that's why she's not so smart. And when it was healed from the potion, she got smart. What a dink! Wow. That's wild. So they come up with this plan to turn Poultra invisible, and she's going to give... I have to sneeze. <coughs> oh! Gosh. Shit. I almost peed myself. oh my goodness okay so she was gonna make herself invisible with one potion and then give the other potion to the troll and when he was asleep they were gonna get the wand so they decide well just in case something happens they're gonna send fia with her to kind of distract him Mm -hmm. and then that way poultry can sneak up and and take care of it so fia and Poultra go into the alley where this troll has a whole bunch of books and he's got a whole bunch of dead book delivery people because instead of... He is a troll. He is a troll. And instead of paying for the books, he just kills the deliverers and I guess that works. Steals the books. Right. Because who's going to be like, I'm sorry, Mr. Troll, sir, you still owe us. <laughs> 40,000, whatever they are. So they're going and Fia gets into this Sort of battle of... It's more a battle of the egos than battle of the wits. Yeah, I agree. Because, you know, the troll thinks he's so superior. And that's kind of, like... I had this very, like, snooty voice in my head every time he would talk, like... I want to say kind of British, but I'm not saying that British people are snooty. Not at all. But yeah, I... I <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. Like, he's he's just snooty, and I didn't actually... Uh, picture any particular voice for him but yeah that makes a lot of sense like just because of this whole dynamic there like he's just thinks he's better than thou kind of thing you know has right. a whole ego trip and thinks he's so smart just because he reads these books and right so and Fia's not having it you know she's aggravated with him she is and she's frustrated and wants to be with Argabella and is over all of this crap and yeah and her sword's like Let's just knock him out. Right? Like, <laughs> Let's just cut his He's head annoying. Off. You don't like him. I don't like him. Let's kill him. Blood. Blood. Yum. <laughs> um, so, um, but, but things do start to go sour because um, the potion's starting to wear off of Poltro. And she's getting not so smart anymore. Yeah. So she decides to climb up above the troll and attempt to pour the potion into his mouth. Instead of... Putting it in his cup of whatever he was drinking something. Instead of just sneaking it into his cup, she was gonna try and put it directly into his mouth. Which honestly, sometimes that's like the way my brain works. <laughs> I completely miss <laughs> the obvious. Force it into <laughs> his throat, literally. <laughs> 
I need to get this inside of him, so let me shove it down his face <laughs> instead of find the easier route. Yeah. Sometimes I can be a little poultry. 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 That would be a new thing. That was such I'm a poultry move. I am not a little You're chicken. You're being such a poultry. <laughs> so Fia has to, like, save the situation, and what does she do? But She kills a troll. She kills a troll, basically. I mean, She's, good riddance. Yeah, I mean, he... He was an annoyance anyway. He was! I mean, nobody likes him. And just think, there's going to be so fewer openings at the bookstores. Yeah. <laughs> People might actually be able to keep their jobs. So so they kill they kill this guy, they get the wand successfully, and um, Mathilda is able to turn herself back into a person. So she's happy about that. And then, um, so she tells them that the best way to get to Lotcher, um, she said... I can't tell you how to kill him, but she's like, I can tell you how to get into his 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 fortress, his house, whatever. And she said, all you need is is a goat, which you already got, and a jar of pickled herring. So that's all you need. And Gustav points out that when the supposed chosen one, Worsley, set off on his grand adventure, what did he set off with? But a goat and a jar of pickled herring, which is crazy. Which is crazy. And was that a coinky dink, or did sk- Staff. Staff. <laughs> Did staff kind of give him the idea so that they would have what would be needed for them to kill Lodger? Mm-hmm. Which would make sense, you know? And that's kind of what the our, our group comes up with. That the staff to... was low-key trying to kill Lodger so she could, you know, take over what he's accomplishing. Right. Right. Sort of. It'd be hard to do that drunk. Mm-hmm. And I get the feeling that staff is drunk a lot. Well, maybe that was a drunk thought. She could take it over. She's a drunk thought. She is a drunk thought. Oh, oh! I just got that. A second too late. Oops. Okay, I got it. I feel like staff would come back with your face is a drunk thought. (laughs) Okay, so they're going to this dwarvelish inn to get their to kind of rest up and get their jar of pickled herring, and get ready for their next um, step in their adventure. So they get to the inn, and, you know, they're, um... They're, they're resting, and they're eating, and all of a sudden, while they're kind of just enjoying themselves, they notice a commotion, and then these soldiers bust in with staff. And she's like, those people right there... Kill them all! Yeah, and so, of course, you know, it's it's a full inn of people, and, and, you know, somebody just busts in the door and just points in a general direction, says, kill them all, you know, everyone's gonna panic. So, and that's what happens. Everybody breaks out into this huge battle, like this huge fight. And, um, so amongst this chaos, our, our little troop kind of splits up. Well, the ones who can fight stay and fight. So that's mm-hmm. Fia and Grenda... And Mathilda and Poultra for a little while stays and fights. Yes. Argabella and Gustav pretty much understand that they're no good in a fight. Right. So, so they, they, they get GTFO. Out. Yeah, they get out of there. And they say, we'll all meet up back later. Just you know, everyone do what you gotta do, scatter, survive. That's the objective right now. So um and they all have their own little mini adventure as they split up. So starting with Fia. So she stays and she fights, you know, she does her thing. She feeds the sword. 
She definitely feeds the sword. And um, she takes down quite a few of the soldiers, and she um, gets her way out of there. So um, she breaks out, and she runs off into this forest. And um, so she's trying to make her way through this forest, and she trips, and she falls down a hill, and somehow ends up in the clutches of this magical tree. But she doesn't know she's inside a tree at first. Right. She just knows that she's, like, in a hole. And there's a voice talking to her. hmm Which is terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the tree is basically telling her to just relax and, like, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, you know, just stay here and just rest. And, and everything will be fine if you just... Not even rely on the tree. Basically, like, if you just forget about everything. Yeah. Stop fighting. Yeah. There's no point in fighting. Basically, tell her just give up a fight and just stay. Right. And at first, Fia wants to. Because that's exactly what she wants. She wants peace. Yeah, she doesn't want to keep fighting. But then the more she thinks about um, Argabella in particular, I think that's what really sets it off. Right. Um... She realized that she can't rest. She still has something to fight for. Well, and she has something even more to fight for now. Yes. Like, before she was fighting because people made her fight, and now she has someone to protect and someone to care for. Exactly. She has... Um, purpose. Exactly. She has purpose. So, um, so she's like, no, fuck that. I'm going to fight. And she's like, I have to go back. I have to find Argabella. I have to, I have to protect her. And she literally fights her way out of the root system of this tree. This tree was wrapping its roots around her to slowly kill her. And then digest her, like, as nutrients yeah. in a tree. Yeah. Yeah. So how creepy is that? That makes me never want to go into a forest. Hella creepy. <laughs> Hella. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty awful. Yeah, so she has her moment, you know, her little epiphany. Like, you know, yes, one day I, you know, I will get to this place in life where I can just be peaceful and, you know. But today but is not today that is day. not that day. Today I fight. That's yes. basically what she got from that. Today I fight. So she broke out of that and made her way back to the end. And then um, that was her little side adventure. Side adventure. Um, next we'll talk about Poltro's adventure. So Poltro fights for a little while, realizes that she has... No skill for this kind of fighting. We all knew that, but it took her a minute, as usual. Mm-hmm. So she runs off. Can I just say, then... this is my favorite. <laughs> I love her so much. She's so ditzy, and it's amazing. <laughs> she is. She runs off, and... She runs, like, kind of like a... I don't know. She runs up a hill. And, like, she trips, and she falls, and... She trips over some mushrooms. And she was Decides like... to eat them. Yeah, out of spite. She's like, you tripped me, so I'm gonna eat you. Like, this logic of this child. Oh, my goodness. So she eats the mushrooms, which we all know is a terrible idea. You never eat the mushrooms. Don't eat the mushrooms. And so, of course, what happens when she eats the mushrooms? She trips balls. Because they were funny (laughs) mushrooms. Yeah, they were. She starts seeing shit. And, you know. Uh, She sees Lord Toby's ghost. Uh Uh-huh. Who is trying to get her to go back to the fight, I guess, to be the person he could never be. Yeah, so he's like, look, you know, you high, you high as fuck. <laughs> you in some danger. You need to just, 
the fighting's over. Go back to the inn. Well, you and say, you, you know, need your friends. You need help. You yes. can't be out here by yourself. So, and she's like, no, you know, I don't know. I don't know why well, she's like, doesn't listen to him. She runs the wrong direction. Yeah. Which I don't necessarily know is her not listening. Well, no, because at, be... at first she wasn't listening and he was like, all right, Poulter, I didn't want to have to do this, but, and then he turns into a giant chicken. And scares the ever-living crap out of her. Yeah, and he's, like, trying to scare her to go back to the inn. But instead, she runs in the opposite direction that he meant to send her in. Oh, that's right. Well, she doesn't want to go because she doesn't want to leave him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, she was low-key crushing on on him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he... That was all she knew. Right. He was was the only one who was nice to... That was her family, pretty much, you know? So, um... So she runs in the opposite direction. She ends up in this witch's house... For a and, second. And the house is also shaped like a chicken. Yeah, the house itself turns into a chicken and starts clucking, and that freaks her out. And So she runs out of the house, and she's just right running all over the place hysterically. And next thing you know, she runs off of a cliff and falls down a cliff into a bog, and obviously is dead. Next thing you know, um, her ghost appears right next to Toby's. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. And so they just... Chill out with the witch, whose house is a chicken, and that's kind of it. Yeah, and that's, so basically, Poltro gets high, falls off a cliff, and becomes a ghost, and hangs out with Toby's ghost. And yeah. that was her whole thing. Yeah. Moral of the story, kids, don't do drugs or you'll be dead dead. Dead dead. Chased by chickens and dead dead. Dead dead. Fall off a cliff. Yeah. So, um, so meanwhile, Grinda stays and fights, um, she fights off staff, and, um, she turns herself into a possum so she can climb up onto the roof and uh, be safe up there. Right, well, because there comes a point where she realizes there's no winning this fight. Right, you just have to wait it out. So, um, but in the meanwhile, Mathilda um, is turned back into a, into a marmoset. Yeah, so yeah. staff manages to get a hold of Mathilda's wand, turns her back into a marmoset, and leaves with her wand. Yeah. So she's back where she started. Poor Mathilda. Poor Mathilda. Back to eating bugs. Excuse me. <laughs> and then, I don't know, I guess she leaves or something. She ta- she Mathilda? stays, yeah, she stays on the roof a bit with Grenda and talks to her. Yeah, but and I think then, by the morning she leaves. Cause she's like, she leaves. She's like, dude, I tried. I got screwed. Yeah, I got out. Yeah, I'm, she's like, I'm done. So, um, that's pretty much all Grenda goes through. Right. And, and then, then uh, Argabella. So this is where we were talking before about how Argabella has some bunny-like tendencies. So she has no no way to fight. That's not her skill set. She's a freaking musician. Yeah. <laughs> They're not so hot in a fight. No. So she runs. She leaves. Well, as she's running, her bunny side takes over. And she straight up goes bunny. And her thought is... I have to get away. I have to get away. I'm going to run. I'm going to hide. It's literally bunny instincts taking over. Survival instincts are kicking in. And so she takes off. And she just runs. And she runs not in a straight line. She's kind of like zigzagging like a rabbit would. I kind of see her like spazzing out. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) And she gets to safety. She finds herself. She finds herself in a bog. Which happens to be the same one with a dead body. Poulter. And of course, poor, timid, scared little bunny finds Poulter's body. 
Yes. Paltrow. So she finds Paltrow's body, her, you know, her new friend, and she's dead. And so she screams. And, As she uh, would. Yeah. And so her scream um, attracted a man. <laughs> That's and, a weird way to say that, but... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it's what happened. She's not wrong. Um, um, so but this man, they had actually seen him in the inn before. And he is from the same part of... The same country that Fia is from. He's... He looks like her. Right. They're the same, in the same area of this world, I guess. Right. And uh, so he's, he runs to her and he's like, I heard you scream. Are you okay? And she's like, well, I just found my friend. She's dead. And um, immediately this man is like smitten with Argabella, which is creepy. And it brings up an interesting point. What is that? Both he and Fia... Are smitten with Argabella? Yes. So are you saying it's a cultural thing for I, them to be a- attracted to a bunny woman? I think it is. <laughs> I think he does actually say something about, like, um, a hairy woman being, like, a thing in in their culture. Yeah. So I, I think it's a... Yeah. I, I think it's a... I don't want to say a... A, a, a known problem in that country because I don't mean that it's a problem. Right, right. I, it's just a... That's what's seen as attractive in their yeah. culture. Yeah. Which I just found very interesting. Yeah. So he's like totally like smitten with her, right? He's like, he, I'll do anything for you. Yeah, he's the creepy kind of Yeah, he was, he was way too creepy. And she's like, but you don't know me. He was like, I don't care. I love you. And she was like, oh, okay. I, I, I want to get to know you. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, well, then um, could you maybe carry my dead friend's body back to the inn? And him, being a man, was like, anything for you. <laughs> yeah, so he slings Paltrow's body over his shoulder, and they make their way back to the inn. And last but not least, Gustav. Gustav's journey to enlightenment was... Interesting. It was. I, 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 it's probably my least favorite. Yeah. Um, but I don't know why. It was my least favorite. Okay, well, so what happens is Gustav runs and hides in this goat pen. And it's just a bunch of regular goats, right? So they're they're just bleeding and, you know, not bleeding. Sounds like I said bleeding. <laughs> Bleats, like that. <laughs> they're like that. <laughs> and Gustav's having, like, pretending he can, like, having a real conversation with him. But then he's just, like, you know, waits it out by pretending to be a real goat. And then he kind of, he's like, all right, I'm bored. So he hops over to the next pin, and he ends up in a pig pin. Well, he he doesn't leave because he's bored. He leaves because the male goat in the pen oh, that's right. is like... Bucks okay. up to him. Yeah, because there's another male goat right. in his pen of female goats. And he decides to be all big and bad and... Charges after him. Right. Yeah. And Gustav is like, fuck this. <laughs> He's like, I'm out. <laughs> and he jumps over the fence and he ends up in a pig pen. Yes. With this sow, this female pig, whose whole philosophy in life is... Oh, the pig can talk, by the way. Because all pids, pid, pids, all pids. pids, all pigs can talk. Evidently. Right, in this world. Um, But her whole philosophy in life is... I'm going to die, so I'm going to make the farmer basically my bitch until I die. 
Yeah. He's going to feed me, and he's going to clean up after me. And So she knows this farmer's going to eventually kill her and eat her, but she's just accepting that because it seems to be the easiest life, you know? Yeah. Just like, okay, so I'm just going to, you know, he's just going to take care of me, and I'm just going to live life until he kills me. Oh, well, I'm going to die. No big deal. It's going to happen eventually. Which is, I think that's why it was my least favorite, because... It was very fatalistic. Yeah. She has a very fatalistic outlook on life. And that was the opposite of, of what Everybody Gustav... Else. Yeah. Especially Gustav at this yeah. point. You know, and he's all like, he can't wrap his mind around how she's just going to accept this. You know, she's not going to try to get out of it. Right. Like his whole life, you know, his whole life. But ever since he's, like, been enchanted, he's like, well, I need to get out of here. You know, I, I need to... I need to preserve stay safe. myself. Yeah. yeah. I need to live life and nobody's gonna eat me and right. And so Gustav just it kind of gets him in his feels because he's like, every other farm animal is just an animal. And he, now he's starting to realize that this blessing of being the chosen one and being enchanted and being able to talk and think more like a human is kind of not. More like a curse? Yeah, it's it's kind of like a curse because now he has this whole outlook on life that so he never had before. Right, so now he, he almost sees it as, as a burden. And right. that, like, he almost wishes that he could have lived his life in staying in ignorance rather than knowing. Right. Or which I, I don't fully too, agree with. I say, am I thinking too much into it? No, no, that's, that's what he's thinking. Okay. Which is an interesting... Which is interesting. I actually saw a show recently that was... Um, you watched a show? I, I know. Okay. A friend made me watch a show. Oh, okay. <laughs> that had this very same premise. Like, it was basically, um, like, is it better to know all these horrible things that is life? Or is it better to just live your life in peaceful ignorance? Which is very heavy topic. It is. And what was the outcome of the show? Well, he ends up he ends up choosing the peaceful ignorance in the end. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I would choose in that situation. I know. It makes you think. It does. Um, I don't know. I think I'm the kind of person that just likes to know. I like to be informed, even if it is something horrible, you know? Because then I can make the best decision based on the knowledge I have. Yeah, but if you just didn't know. If, if it's, like, outside of your control. Right. I don't know. But I like I like feeling like I have the option of changing something even if I don't. Yeah, but then that leads down the path of fate and if something is set to happen, is there anything that you can really do to change it? Or is it just going to happen? That's not the point. <laughs> the point is, do you want to know or not? But if you can't do anything to change it, okay. So if you does knowing help? if you know you can't do anything to change it, is it better to know it or not? I would say it's better to not because then you don't live your life dreading it. Yeah. Okay, we are thinking way too deep into I this. Know. Okay, okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that was a little for, bit too sobering. That's for another day. Holly, let's take a great big old drink of yeah, this yeah, so that, that we can take get a, back to our giggly. Let's take a big gulp. Okay, back to the comedy. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, Ready. so Gustav is like, all right, fuck you, pig. I'm out. So, and the pig's like, whatever. The only thing that's on that other side of that fence is just this magical boot. No biggie. And Gustav's like, hold on. You said boot? What you said? 
because you know Gustav's whole thing is he's a he's a goat. He eats leather and boots, and, and you know that's boots what he are eats. His favorite because they taste like feet, sweat, and toe jam. Yeah, what? Uh, but he's a goat, so that's like delicacy to him, right? So, so gross. he's like, well, I'm going to eat this boot, and he goes to it, and it's like just sitting on a stump. And it's glowing, all magical-like, and he's like, fuck it, I'm eating it, man. <laughs> so he eats the, the boot, and he's like, it tastes amazing. and The best boot he's ever eaten? Yeah, so he eats the whole thing, and then he's all like, okay, nothing happens. Oh, oh, and he as he's eating it, he makes a wish. I don't know why he felt the need to make a wish. I mean, if you were told you were going to eat something magical, wouldn't you kind of wish a little while you did? I guess, assuming that it would grant a wish and not already have something magically preset, you know? Hey, two for one special. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You know, <laughs> might as well just just in case, right? <laughs> so he kind of wishes he were anything but a goat. And so after he eats this, he gets this feeling inside and it's kind of rumbly and tingly. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then it's just gas. <laughs> and then everything's normal. And he was like, okay, that was pretty... Um, Anticlimactic votives. Yeah. So then he goes back to the end. So everybody and is making their way back to the end. Yeah, that's everybody's little advent, mini adventure, you know, their little side quest. And then they all reunite back again at the end. And um, so. Argabella so Argab- has this. So man. They still, yeah, they still have the problem of they have Poltro's dead body. And the bigger problem of this dude won't leave Argabella alone. That too. So Argabella gets this genius idea to kill two birds with one stone, and she's, like, flirting with him, and she's all like, well, if you would so kindly take my friend's dead body back to that witch's house and <laughs> bury him next to her. Bury her next to um, Lord, Toby. Lord Toby. I'll meet you for a date afterwards. <laughs> Somehow that that deceitful flirtiness just came out as a southern belle. That's just how I interpret well, it. Fuck you too. <laughs> You're not as you don't talk like that. I don't flirt. That's right. <laughs> but like you know, she doesn't mean it. She's not really gonna show up for the date. True. She just wants him to go and bury the body and get rid of him, and then she so never sees so him funny again. That you- you thought of her as Southern? Because I was like, in my brain, I was like, oh, you big, strong man. I have something that I, a big favor that I need. And I can't do it myself because I'm just a little buddy. And I need you to take my friend's body all the way back to Belladonna's house Mm -hmm. and bury her next to her bestest friend ever. Like batting eyelashes up at him and everything. Yes. Not all like... Well, dear sir, (laughs) I I do declare, I do declare, I'm going to need you to take my My little friend. With your strong arms, (laughs) you're such a nice, strong, handsome man, carry this dead body. (laughs) Dead body? (laughs) Could you take my dear little friend back to this house over here? So you could bury her. But put a little gravestone. It's fine, honey. It's fine. It's fine. And I'm going to meet you right back, and we're going to have that date you've been wanting to have. <laughs> I do that way too well. <laughs> you do that way better than I do. <laughs> Good 
job. I've watched Joe Magnolia's way too many times. <laughs> so, of course, he's like, yes, anything for you. So then that solves that problem. And so they make their way to onto Lodger's place. Mm-hmm. And so they, oh, they did get the pickled herring. Oh, yeah, the they, they got the pickled herring because as important, as, as odd a request or an a requirement? requirement. Yeah, okay. A requirement. A requirement. As odd of, an, of a requirement as that is, there's a reason for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Obviously. And it's because there's this huge pen of magical goat. They can all talk, just like Gustav. Yes. But it's all it's all female goats. All girl goats. And they're a warning system for locker. 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 He's, he's not a locker. We don't keep books in him. Well, I, I don't think neither one of us really know how to say it. So it could very we well be Locker. <laughs> locker, Locher, Lochette, however we've been saying it. The L guy. Loser. <laughs> that was good. I'm smart sometimes. We'll call him Loser from now on. Uh, that Loser over there. No, but they're a warning system for him. And when somebody tries to sneak into his, his land, these... Female goats don't shut the heck up. And he knows that somebody's coming. And yes. these female goats have a goat herder. And the goat herder really likes pickled herring. It's his favorite with his problem. He's kind of allergic to it. Majorly allergic. He eats them and he passes out. Kind of allergic. Yeah, like he goes to sleep. Like, not like he dies. He's fine. He, he just wake up. He just passes out. Yeah. So they have their jar of pickled herring to make the goat herder go night-night. And then they've got themselves a talking male goat. Mm, to flirt with them and keep oh, yeah. them distracted. Again, there is so much more flirting in this book than I do in my entire life. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. But, uh, so they go. And they get to the goat pen and Gustav goes and works his magic and he's like, hey. Yeah, he's you. charming all the lady goats. Because that's and, what Gustav does. Yeah, and, and Thea, Thea shakes her, her milkshakes at the, the man and is like, can you open my jar of pickled herring? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, note to self, when Holly starts sounding like a southern belle, she's trying to manipulate you. <laughs> Don't tell them that. Now everyone knows my secret. <laughs> <laughs> All five people who have listened. <laughs> Which, by the way, guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Oh, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. So anyway, it works. You know, the guy pa- eats the herring, passes out, and Gustav's distracting the ladies, and so everyone else sneaks past, and they kind of basically sneak their way into the cellar. The wine cellar. The wine cellar. Yeah. And they all get into the cellar, and um, so they're like, okay, we don't have a plan up until this point. Like, from here on out, we're just like improv. <laughs> yeah, we're just winging this. So they're like, all right, well, we're here in the cellar. How about we grab this cask of wine, and we're like, we'll say that we're bringing it to Lotcher because we'll just say that he requested, requested this. Yeah. So they take it and they're like, well, just, you know, act like you, you, you walk in with a purpose, right? Like, just act like you belong here. So they walk through the kitchens and, and everyone's kind of looking at them funny because it's an odd group of people. And they're all just like, oh, we just got to take this to Lotcher. He asked us to get this for them. And they're like, cool, what ifs? You know, no biggie. And so they, they walk through the kitchen and they get to the this dining room and when just like that, here comes in Lotcher with the king, actually. Which is a surprise. The king is not supposed to be there. No. And if you remember, the king is the one that Gustav is supposed to kill. Because he's the chosen one. 
And so Gustav is supposed to stay away from the king. All right, but these things kind of have a way of, you know, happening, even if you don't mean them to. You know, like fate. And fate. He's the chosen one, and yes. nothing happens. You, nothing you can do changes what is going to happen. So anyway, the second Lotcher sees them, he knows something's up because he obviously he didn't ask them to be there, right? So he or to have his wine, right? So he immediately points to them and says, "Cards kill them all." So bam, here comes another fight, and Fia just just goes to killing every she is kicking ass, kicking ass. Like I think she's the only one that actually fights. Well, I think Gustav does kind of, doesn't he? Kind of, but that's that's different. Yeah. So. She just pulls, whips out her sword, and she's legit slaying these dudes. and Being a badass. Yeah. And then, like, to the point where she realizes, wow, this sword is deadly. Like, like I mean. what? Well, and she's realizing that the her hand is kind of moving without her wanting it to. Yeah. Like, it's taking her over. And it scares the crap out of her. So she, at one point, throws the sword away from her. Yeah. And grabs one of the dead guy's swords. A non-magical one. But she keeps kicking ass with it. She does. She, she's she just not enjoying it quite as much. Right. She finishes them off with the regular sword and vows to herself that she's going to, like, get rid of this magical sword. She's going to, like, throw it in the sea or something. Right. And I wonder, has she ever, like, obviously she knew it was cursed. And she's obviously used it before because she had to figure out that she could right. make it go to sleep by right. not using it. But it makes you wonder how much she used it before that she... Interesting. Interesting. Like, how far did it go the last time for her to realize what happened? Which, again, is a great metaphor for just about any addiction. Yeah, yeah. And they do talk to her her as if they would an addict. Like, the things Mm -hmm. that they would say, like, oh, you should know we're here. We're supporting you. We're we're here for you, Mm -hmm. you know. I love you. In spite of it, and yeah. this is something we can get through, and this is not you, this is right. your addiction, basically. Right, and it's a process, and we'll get, help you through it, and, you know, they do talk to her as if it's an addiction. Right. And, um, yeah, that is interesting. wonder how far it went. The last time. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, got all serious there. <clears throat> Again. <laughs> it happens! So, so okay. So, you know, she's killing people. And meanwhile, Gustav is confused as hell. He's thinking between Lotcher and the king, and he's trying to figure out which one's which. And he's thinking, okay, I got to kill Lotcher, but I can't kill the king. So he's like, I'm trying to figure out which one it is. But somehow he gets confused and mistakes the king for Lotcher. Well, because Lotcher is commanding this huge army. Because yeah. it's his house. Right. And he's dressed all in white. And he, in, in Gustav's mind, well, that has to be the king. Right, because he's calling the shots. Right, and so this other one who's just kind of like, I don't know what's going on, has to be Lotcher. Yeah. Because the king, if we remember, is constantly drunk. Right, right. So Gustav gets confused and starts going after who he thinks is Lotcher. And he, he's only intending to, like, knock him out. You know? Right, he doesn't... He's just intending to, like, you know, knock him down, just kind of make him, you know, a little bit vulnerable. But what actually happens is... He somehow ends up ramming him just right with his horns, but he actually impales him mm-hmm. and kills him immediately, <clears throat> fulfilling the prophecy. Yep. So he killed the king. Right. Boom. Just like that. So, um, Despite his best efforts. Like, he honestly was not trying to kill the king. And it happened anyway. And it happened anyway. Fate 
cursed, whatever. Yeah, it's but they help. do they do end up killing Lotcher too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Lotcher ends up. I don't remember who killed Lotcher. One of them did. That's not the point. Everyone's, the king is dead. <laughs> everyone's dead. But more importantly, the king is dead. And um, so then, because his his destiny as the chosen one was fulfilled, all of a sudden, his aura is gone. His aura is gone. He's not protected anymore. Uh huh. <clears throat> and then something else happens. He uh he feels something in his gut. Oh, and I think it's kind of important to mention at the moment that Grenda's still a possum. Oh yeah. Yeah, Grenda forgot how to turn herself back into a human. So she's still a possum. Yeah. Which is kind of a big deal. At the moment, yeah. Um Okay, so what happens is Grenda the possum sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> the possum sandwich. That's so awful. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it does. She unleashed a spell that filled the air with dust. And that dust blinded everybody um, and made them cover their eyes with their hands to kind of clear their eyes out of the way. Well, when they did that, that meant that the king, who we thought was Lodger, well, that Gustav thought was Lodger, meant that his midsection was uh, unprotected. So when Gustav hit Lodger, it was different. Obviously, because it's the destiny being fulfilled. And he caught him with his horns, and there was a tear and a squelch and a hot puddle on his noggin, his being Gustav, uh, followed by a horrible scream. So he his horns ripped through the king's midsection, which is awful. And people are realizing that the king is dead. And so Gustav goes to turn around and run away, but he had a portion of his tail that got cut away by a mad soldier. And these other soldiers, they're just like attacking him because he just killed the king, right? And Grinda's trying to help him because the aura's not there anymore because he fulfilled his destiny. And everybody from like our group is trying to protect Gustav. But the cask of wine that we had was dropped and wine spilled everywhere. And I'm just talking now, trying to get to where it is. Um... Oh, Gustav trips in the wine. The soldiers are coming at him. He's assuming that now is the end of his time, that he's about to be dead. And then Fia is there, and she saves him. And Gustav starts to feel rumbly in his tumbly, basically. And he thought he'd been wounded there. But it turns out that he wasn't. Um, the discomfort grew. So Gustav thinks he's dying because his, there's so much pain in his stomach. And he's, he mutters, oh, poo. Which he then realizes is kind of crappy last words. Literally. <laughs> Literally crappy last words. <laughs> so he thinks so he thinks he's dying. I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> um, so he's got this pain and he's like, he's giving up hope. And he says he ripped what he hoped was the most explosive fart in history, which is such a goat thing to hope. Yes. Or a dude thing to hope. Dude goat thing to hope. <laughs> But then as he, he gives one last despairing bleat and a huge burst of light just engulfs the room, right? And it's this bright light with golden sunbeams and there's wind that lifts Gustav up and glitter is raining down and it's just this big, amazing, beautiful thing. And then Gustav opens his eyes and for the first time he has hands. Well, and binocular vision. Bino- yeah. From eyeballs that are pointing in the same direction at the same time. <laughs> like. Yes. Can you imagine? 
you're used to seeing on two sides of your head and all of a sudden you're just like, whoa. I meant that would be a very strange transition. Yeah. And Gustav is no longer a goat. He is now a man. Person. He turned into a man. Yeah. With fingers and toes. And he can see things that he couldn't see before. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he looks down and he was like, well, that's... Oh, right. But I'm not impressed. <laughs> 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 The only man in history to say that. <laughs> right. Um, so, right yeah. so this, I kind of want to read that just because it's so funny and I had completely forgotten about it. Um, so they help him stand, which is awkward because he's never had to do that on two feet before. And he thinks it's a terrible idea to stand on two feet. And then he, he says that being a biped, which is standing on two feet, is a terrible idea. And he says, why are you... Wait, why are you not spending your lives wishing for four legs instead of these completely inadequate two? And Fia says, look down. And Gustav looks down and sighs in relief and says, whew, at least I'm still black. Or dark brown, at least. And there appears to be some dangly bits. And Fia's like, see? And he's like, well, yes, I see, Fia, but I'm not impressed. (laughs) She's like, have you ever seen your dangly bits before? He's like, well, no, I guess I haven't. And Sophia's like, well, that's just one of the reasons we don't mind two legs, because you can see your dangly bits. <laughs> Plus, we have thumbs. <laughs> so, <laughs> two legs basically means dangly bits and thumbs. <laughs> so, this is all a very awkward transition for him <laughs> from goat to man. And let's point out, he's completely naked, which is why oh, yeah. everybody can see his dangly his bits. His dangly bits. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so... They decide that... Gustav's gonna be the new king, because, well, he just killed the king. Right, and that's typically how things happen. Right. And, and nobody knows that a goat killed the king. Right, and, like, a, a, a courier, or the male guy, whatever, pops in and sees, you know, king, and all these people are dead, and here's this naked man, and all this, and, and so um, Grinda kind of thinks on her feet and spins this whole story that, oh, well, this guy... Right here, he just, he he was trying to save the king from Watcher, but, you know, somehow the king just died. But, man, this guy's so heroic, and he was he was trying to save the king, but just couldn't. And now he should be the new king. And the people just kind of take to it, and they're right. like, hell yeah, hell yeah, this guy's the new king. And, and what does Gustav do in response to being, like, the new king? A very goat response. He poops on the floor. He poops on the floor. And it's <laughs> no it's, longer goat pellets. No. No. It's like man poops. Man poops. That's gross. It's terrible. <laughs> Dear that's, God. That's awful. So one of the first things they have to do is teach him how to control his bowels. They have to teach him how to be a human. Yeah. Like a little baby. Yes. Only not a baby. How to walk on two legs. How to... You eat know, things that aren't boots. Potty train him. <laughs> yeah, and eat things that aren't leather. Wear clothes. Wear clothes, yeah. And that's pretty much how the yeah. story ends. They Well, Grinda, to... Grinda kind of becomes um, the, ch- the chamber- Chamberlain. Chamberlain. The new Chamberlain. Yeah, Chamberlain. Chamberlain. The Chamberlain. The Chamberlain. <laughs> and kind of, they get him a governess to help him, like, teach him to be human and all this, and... Um, a very discreet oh, and, one. Cause... And he puts out a bounty for staff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, um, this this guy, 
brings in staff. He, ca- yeah. he captures her and he brings her in. And and um, so he's like, all right, so um, we're going to punish you. And he's like, well, I'm not going to kill you because I'm not that kind of king. But I'm going to remove your wings so that, I guess. You're not a, she's not a fairy anymore. Right, so she's not a pixie anymore. Pixie, yeah. And um, so he goes to do that and she ends up like farts, I guess. <laughs> and like lets out this. <laughs> This blinding <laughs> gas, gas. And it disappears <laughs> within this gas. It's like a mix of a bombardier beetle and Udini. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> so she disappears in a, a cloud of fart. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so they almost had her, but then almost she's gone, and that's the end of that. And um, so, you know, they stay for a little while, but then, you know, Fia and Argabella, and Gr- they want to go back to the Earl's Tower, and Grinda, too. Grinda's got to lift the spell. Right. So they're like, look, Gustav, we got to go. We got to take care of some shit, but we'll be back for your birthday. And he's like, okay, you know, don't be gone long, because I need you guys. Right. Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And you're my friends. I'm my only friends. He's I'm like, a little codependent. Yeah, he's like, please come back. And they're like, look, we'll come back for your birthday. We just got to take care of some shit. I love okay. how they're like, we have to be here for your birthday. Yes, for your birthday. <laughs> we'll be back for your birthday. So um, so they go back to the Earl's Tower, the three of them, and Grinda confirms that Worsley is dead dead. Yeah, he's been, they're bringing him back. He's been dead for a while. And now, now he's like, doesn't soupy dead. Yeah, like decomposing dead. Yeah. There's so, no bringing that there's, back. Sorry, but there's just not. So Grinda, she breaks the spell. Everybody wakes up, and you know they're all like, you know, okay, cool, cool. And uh, except for the girl in the tower. Yeah, yeah, the girl, the girl in the tower, the bearded lady with the long hair. She's the only one that doesn't wake up. And Grinda's like, hmm, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do some research and come back to that. So that's kind of left hanging. And uh, but more importantly, is Argabella changes. Did I? She's not a rabbit anymore. She's not? No. The spell is lifted. How did I forget that? Yeah, so she turns back. As everybody's waking up, Argabella kind of like magically floats in the air, right? And turns back into a woman again. And as soon as she turns back into a woman, her biggest, her first thought is, oh my God, will, um, will Fia still like me? Will Fia still be attracted to me? Because I don't look the same anymore. And then, of course, Fia does still like her. She still thinks she's beautiful and she's still in love with her, which is adorable. Yeah, I don't remember that. Huh. Yeah, she turns back into a woman. Huh. Hang on, sorry. I'm just trying to find it. I'm not. <laughs> okay, so I'm getting to the part. I'm going back and reading it because I apparently completely forgot it. And uh, when Fia sees Argabella, she, she gasps. And Argabella freaks out and she's like, what is it? Am I a worse monster? Am I a goat? Or a more marmoset? What happened? Which is really funny that she's just like, oh my god, I'm even worse. I'm like the other two people in the book. Yeah. <laughs> That's awful. Oh, <laughs> I forgot she became human and she lost her little fluffy tail. Yeah, but then Fia's like, but I still love you, which is adorable. And yeah. and they then they they decide, well, you know, Toby's tower, you know. Nobody's, he would want us to take care of his tower and his, his garden of roses. So 
basically, Argabel and Fia get there happily ever after. They they get to move into Toby's tower, right? Right. And they get their garden of roses. They're going to take care of his roses. His beautiful roses. So they get their happy little home with a garden mm-hmm. that they wanted, mm-hmm. which is adorable. So, um, and then, um, but meanwhile, Grenda goes back to her place, and they kind of just brush over this. But she goes back to her place and um, gets the, reminds, you know, figures out the spell to turn herself back into a woman. Right. So she turns herself back into a woman. And um, then they all come back to Gustav for his birthday party. And uh, so Toby and Poltro's gross ghosts appear. Gross. The gross. <laughs> a gross, the ghosts. But they appear. And they're like, hey, happy birthday and all. But um, remember those necrobees? The necrobee honey? Yeah, and they're the like, yeah, the flesh honey. They're like, you think maybe um, maybe you could go and get some and maybe possibly, you know, bring us back from the dead? That'd be nice, you know? And, you know, Grenda's like, well, I don't know if it'll work. And she was like, well, I mean, I'm dead, so I mean, it's worth a shot. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's nowhere else to go from Right, here. I mean, there's nothing to lose. Um, so she's like, yeah, yeah, we could try that. And uh, and then um, a letter comes in for Gustav mm-hmm. from this Lord Ergot, Ergot? Ergot guy yeah. who, from brooding, and I don't remember exactly where he's from, like where exactly he is, but like they apparently have heard of him before. Yeah. He had like killed Worsley's brother or something yeah. and, like, in yeah. the beginning. So I guess he's... He's in that area where the Earl is, but he's like the Lord, Lord Ergot or whatever in that area. But he sends a letter specifically to Gustav just to say that, hey, everything's fine here and brooding. No need to come visit. It's all good here, which is awfully suspicious, mm-hmm. right? They're like, well, why would you, you know? go through the trouble to tell me everything's fine, you know? Right. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. And then, you know, that's pretty much the end of the book. <laughs> well, and he, it's really funny. Um, in the letter, he says, uh, my dear good King Gustav, my best congratulations on your recent kingship. I have always known you would make a, f- <laughs> I read this as foin, <laughs> a foin king. A foin king. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because they throw in those extra syllables. Extra vowels. There's so many extra vowels. Yeah. Anyway, and I'm sure you will keep your realm in foin fiddle. <laughs> foin. Foin. Like noise. Noise. <laughs> noise. You guys have seen that meme? <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, I wish to assure you that my state of brooding is likewise in excellent hands and will require little of your most important time. The halflings are fine people, and the gnomes are under control. No problems to see here. If, on the other hand, you would require an aide to act as wide advisor in your new rule, actually it says new role, uh, I would welcome the opportunity for bro times on the town. And I did take care of Boric Bro times on the town. (laughs) So I know things about keeping order. Do send for me soon. Yours in service. Lord Ergot of Brooding. And Gustav's very first question, because who wouldn't have questions, is what the heck are bro times and why do they sound so terrible? And are they even legal? Are they even legal? Is that even legal? 
Which probably no, they're not legal. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah, so they're, you know, gonna have to go see what's going on down in Brooding. And brooding because What's brooding and brooding. Right. <laughs> um and then they have to go back and get Worsley because when they found that he was decomposing, they just kind of shoved him in a closet. Oh, yeah. They didn't even bother to bury him. They were just like, okay, um, yeah, he's he's dead dead. So let's just shove him in this closet and we'll bury him later. Yeah. And they never go back to bury him. Ever. So. Yeah. So that's just kind of where we end. We've got... King Gustav on the throne. He has learned to uh, not poop on the floor, which is an accomplishment. Yes, and and we have we have all these you know open ended storylines here. You know the, the brooding thing and mm-hmm. and um, and the Worsley being the Worsley in the thing, cupboard thing. And, and the the lady still asleep. Mm-hmm. So we've got all these great plot points for the next book. Yes, so. That is Kill the Farm Boy. Well, yes, yeah, that was Kill the Farm Boy. It was so good. We both very, very much enjoyed it. I feel like we didn't give... The second half wasn't quite as giggly and, and humorous as the first half was. There were a couple of really serious, deep storylines going on. Yeah, but see, and that's that's what's so great about this book, is that while it is it is a comedy and it is so lighthearted and great, it also has a great storyline that you can really dig into yeah there are serious points that you can really um tear apart and just really chew on you know it's it's just all around so well done and i'm so glad you thought that because several times while i was reading it i thought that i was just overthinking things no it really is it's it's just laid out so good it's so good it's not it's so lighthearted and fun but there is depth to it so it's just it's, you just have to read it. I, I recommend this to everybody. Yes, I agree. Um, you all give it a read. Let us know what you think. Yeah, please do. You can always hit us up on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Book Club Plot, plot Podcast. Blah, book Club Blah, 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 Book Club Podcast. <laughs> Book Lit Podcast. Thank you. I promise I know the name of our own social media. You had too many glugs. I did. No, I don't have the glugs. Which I'm done with the glugs. <laughs> done with the glugs. Let us know. We want to hear from our listeners. You can always find us on Instagram and Facebook at Book Lit Podcast. That's all one word. Um, and you can email us at booklitpodcast at gmail.com. So see you next time in our next episode on Winterwood by Shay Earnshaw. You all have a good day. Bye. Bye. This episode was hosted and edited by Paige Turner and Holly Wood.